Hi, Shannon Waller here and welcome to Team Success. I am particularly excited today because I have friend and client Jason Lowe on with me today. And if you've ever wondered about what a self-managing company really looks like or how it really operates or how to, you know, a really good example of team success, Jason is the poster child. (laughs) So I'm excited to hear it. And particularly why I wanted to have Jason on today is recently, Jason, you took a six-week and three-day sabbatical from your business, which I'm sure was both exciting and terrifying. Oh, yeah. So we're going to do a deep dive into what happened before and during and after and all the good things. But before we jump in, let's learn a little bit more about Jason. And I love it because... But if your family history goes back to early days in coach, which I think is hysterical, but tell us about Jason. Where are you? What do you do? Tell us about your companies, what your purpose in life is, because you'll do a much better job than I will. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, firstly, if I may, I just want to say thank you sincerely for having me. It's an honor. It's a privilege to be here and to bring some value, hopefully, to your listeners. I really owe a debt of gratitude to Strategic Coach. At every opportunity, I just want to express that to you, to Dan, to Babs, the entire team. I can confidently speak on behalf of all of my teammates in saying thank you because you're really an extension of our team. Mm. You're with us in our planning, <laughs> our review of what's been executed and how we go about operating in unique ability teamwork. But I will share with everybody. So I'm headquartered in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and Our group of companies is quite vast in terms of what we do in the areas of the marketplace that we operate in. So our flagship business is Ascendant Financial, and we can be found at ascendantfinancial.ca. Again, that's ascendantfinancial.ca. And we specialize in that business in the education and implementation of the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept that was developed by my late mentor, R. Nelson Nash, who authored the book titled Becoming Your Own Banker, which has sold more than 470,000 copies for a reason because the process works really well. And secondly, we're in the e-commerce space. So we operate uh, Canada Prep and Ship, which we can be found at canadaprepandship.com. That's canadaprepandship.com. And we provide 3PL, so pack and prep services to e-commerce resellers who are selling on Amazon, Shopify, eBay, these platforms that are fulfillment by Amazon, fulfillment by merchant. We have three Amazon stores pooled together among our ownership group that generates several million dollars in revenue per year. So we wanted to own a piece of that value chain from buying the product, packing it, prepping it, shipping it. There's transactions that occur each step of the way. And so we love that business. And then in addition to that, we have a capital corporation that does lending. So we do private lending and that business has been doing extremely well. And We also happen to be involved in the Food and Drug Administration prior notice fulfillment process for importers who bring product into the United States to sell. They have to go through a prior notice submission process, which is typically time consuming, very labor intensive, very expensive. And, you know, Dan's always defining an entrepreneur as somebody who takes something from a lower level of productivity to a higher level of productivity. So we recognized it in our own businesses that it was costing us a ton of money to do that. Mm -hmm. So we built a software platform to solve that problem and take what normally would require a lot of people and a lot of time and boil that down to seconds. And so that's our group of companies. I just happened to be the one sitting in the 
chair privileged, you know, to lead teams of people that do all the great work. And when things go well, the fun part is kind of like Halloween, you know, you're handing out candies. I get to hand out credit. <laughs> hey, here you go. Here's open up your pillowcase. Here's a bunch of credit. But when things go wrong, I'm the first person to sharpen my sword and fall on it and say, hey, listen, the buck stops with me. And that's not a platitude in our businesses. It's not a cliche. It's just the way that we go about doing things because I want my teammates to know that mistakes aren't fatal. Mm. Refusing to learn from them is. <laughs> Ooh, awesome. First quote already. Mistakes <laughs> aren't fatal, but failing to learn from them is. Yeah. Brilliant. And Love I'll it. share this with you too. My teammates call them Jasonisms. And so, <laughs> so here's, here's one for you. So when COVID really began to really spread and we just knew that there was going to be disruption, we didn't know to what extent. And you've heard me talk about this where I met with all of my teammates and I said, look, this was March of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I met with all my teammates and I said, listen, I understand that you're facing fear and fear due to an absence of control can manifest itself in either anger, you know, fear where you're just afraid to talk about it. And I said, listen, we have a choice as teams. We can either advance or we can retreat, but we can't do both. You need to pick one now. Yeah. And unanimously, without hesitation, everybody said, we choose to advance. And in that moment, something that I haven't shared with you yet, I expressed to my team, I said, I want you to know something. And that is pressure is a privilege. And the reason I say that is because of everything that has prepared us for what we're about to do now. Think about your favorite sports team. I love hockey. My son has been playing hockey since he was a fetus and I love the sport. So imagine an NHL hockey team They're now in the Stanley Cup playoffs and the head coach sits down with his team and he says, I want you to know that pressure is a privilege because of everything that you've done to prepare for this moment. So you can either lean into that or you can let that pressure diminish your performance. Take your pick. And we chose to lean into it head on. And our business doubled in 2020. Doubled in 2020. Doubled in 2020. And I told my teammates, I will be the last person to sit down at the dinner table to eat. Mm -hmm. Nobody, and I'll say it again, nobody is losing their job on my watch. Mm -hmm. I will not allow that to happen. And everyone who's on the team today will be on the team this day next year. And so will you, will you join me (laughs) in advancing? Let's go get it. And so we did. And our business is more than doubled again in 2021. So we hit that double mark by, I think it was mid-July of this year. And all the credit goes to my teammates because they chose to advance, not to retreat. That's so powerful. Isn't that good? I love that. Thank you, Jason. That's just the coolest. And the other thing that you did for your team is you gave them, first of all, pressures of privilege is a brilliant and very astute way to say that. And I think a lot of our clients, Dan gave a lot of people the courage, well, inspired a lot of the courage put that way through talking about it like choose how you respond yeah don't pull the covers your competitors aren't getting out of bed you are right so what is it that you can do to make that happen and everyone had their little moments of like oh my gosh what the heck just happened but your story fortunately is actually not 
something the other people are doing. Some of them are doing really, really well. Other people are struggling. So I don't want to diminish that at all. But where you can embrace the pressure and embrace the challenge and take the opportunity to grow like crazy and find new ways, adaptive ways of creating value, huge. Because that's the point. I mean, if you get married to how you were creating value before, you're kind of stuck with that. <laughs> you're focused on creating value and the means by which you do it is different. Like before we were in person, now we're ritual. Okay, doesn't matter, right? But I have to say doubling, that's, that's you, my friend. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, in our e-commerce business, in our yeah. pack and prep facility, the yeah. warehouse, yeah. COVID hit. Right. When we had to shut down. Right. Because of the provincial health guidelines, yeah. you know, the facility was shut down. Well, people are scared. Yeah. And if the leader, if the leader steps in and is scared, well, that's going to be transferred to everybody. 100%. So uh, for me, I have always tried to be someone who walks calmly through the halls when things are chaotic. Nice. And just slow down, calm down, got everybody together and said, look, this is actually a great opportunity because we were running like crazy. Now we've got an opportunity to optimize, to take a look at our process, yeah. to get some of those special projects going. Don't worry about the cash flow. We're going to be okay. Yeah. We're going to be fine. So everybody felt this like sense of, oh, okay, good. You know, I, my income is fine. I can still provide for my family. I'm going to be okay. And we blossomed through that versus succumbing to fear. I'm not in fear. I'm a bit of an odd duck. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you've got the fight or flight syndrome. Yeah. And, you know, think about, oh gosh, and we have to give amazing gratitude to our frontline responders. I mean, these people run head on into situations that would terrify most people. Sure. And in business, yeah. it's a heck of a lot easier to do that in business versus running into a place where somebody's got a firearm and they're not very happy to see you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. So we just run head on into it. And I love my teammates. You know, they do the good work every day. I'm privileged to, to lead. Cool. Well, I love hearing your leadership wisdom and I can't wait to see how you applied it in this circumstance we're going to talk about. But before we do that, I think you raised a really good point. And I think entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial team members with the right leadership, our nervous systems are a little different. Mm. Our nervous systems are a little bit more cued to what other people would consider to be danger. Yeah. We kind of find it exciting. <laughs> With everything changed and it wasn't like, oh, we get to make it up. I was like, this is cool. Yeah. You know? Now, I don't like the stories of people dying. You know, that was horrible. But I was locked away in my house, as most of us were. And it was actually this incredible opportunity to do things differently. So I know for me, personally, it was cool. What can we do? This is really interesting. Yeah. Now, you still need some of those securities about, you know, everyone's income. And, and this is why you actually... You want to have dry tinder? Is that the question? Is that the, the you want to have some cash in reserve for just these things? And you want to have capabilities in reserve so that you can adapt. So I think your point about entrepreneurs and their teams and your nervous system, you know, things that other people find terrifying, we're like, oh, that's interesting. And sometimes you're like, oh, that's exciting. Oh, bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. But the percentage of entrepreneurs in the population is like 4%. It's not very high. So there's, if you think about it, only a few people including some first responders who actually are like, ooh, danger equals excitement versus <laughs> terror. Now, not to say there aren't some things that terrify entrepreneurs because there are, definitely are, but there tend to be different things. Boredom being one of those things. Oh, yeah. All right. So you did something, speaking of that, you did something sort of terrifying. 
you took a six-week and three-day, and I'm quoting you from a workshop that we were in together, sabbatical from your main business, right? Is yeah. that from Ascendant Financial? And That's correct. By the way, awesome title. I love Ascendant. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So first of all, let's talk about how that felt. Where did that idea come from? What inspired you to think, hmm, this might be interesting slash terrifying. So what kind of inspired this whole idea of taking a sabbatical? Well, you know, it all began really when Dan Sullivan and Joe Polish were talking on a podcast on the 10X podcast. Okay. And Joe had been sharing, you know, his plans to take a one-year sabbatical. Yes, which is, by the way, is 2021, the whole year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I thought to myself, wow, this is really interesting and scary all at the same time because I didn't think of or envision myself taking a year, but I thought, you know what, maybe I should do this. Maybe I not only owe it to myself and to my family, but I think I owe it to my teammates too. So I started thinking about it and processing it. And Dan was kind enough to introduce me to the Genius Network. And he thought, hey, you should come check out an annual event, see what you think. And so I went there and the day, it was about maybe halfway through day one. And I was out on a break. Everybody was out just getting a refreshment and and I uh, crossed paths with Dan and he goes, hey, so is it all that is cracked up to me? Are you enjoying it? And I said, I absolutely love it. And so became a member and okay. that's what inspired me was Joe Polish. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for him and I thought, you know what, if he can do it, so can I. Yeah. Mr. Connected, Mr. Travel, Mr. Yeah front stage all the flipping time. Yeah. Joe can do it. And he was actually inspired by a friend of his who the guy's son called him up and said, uh, dad just passed away. Yeah. And it was a close friend of Joe's age 59, I think. Yeah. Worth a lot of money and just gone. And, you know, I thought to myself, okay, this is something that I want to do. So I talked to my family about it, had their full commitment support, so was this in 2020 or 2021? When were you at the Genius Network? How soon before you took the sabbatical did you have the idea? I attended my first Genius Network event in November of 2019. Yeah. So it was really the beginning of 2021 when I started to have these conversations, you know, and process my feelings about it with my family, with my teammates. Everybody was full of encouragement, full of support. Hey, we're going to be just fine because I preempted everybody months in advance. I said, look, this is the time frame that I'm planning to take away. I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to truly honor it, that I'll try to meddle or stay in touch with the business. And so my teammates got together and said, that's not going to happen. They changed all my passwords to everything. They they changed the alarm code to the damn office building. No. So yeah, no, I'm not kidding. And so they ganged up on you in yeah, the best way possible. Yeah. And you know, and we'll get into the sabbatical itself. But again, you know, I thought to myself, okay, Joe Polish, here's a guy who has ownership interest in more than 20 businesses. I'm not quite there yet. I'm only at seven. And I thought to myself, I need to do this. So I, I took the leap and I did it. Okay, so when did you take it? Just so people have a good idea of the time frame. Well, I was away mid-July all the way through till beginning of September. Of 2021. Yeah. Okay, very cool. So about a year and a half worth of planning, roughly? Um, yeah, well, it was just under a year. Yeah, okay, cool. So that's interesting. So now, before we dive into how 
you did it. Tell me a little bit more about your feelings about it. So was it kind of equal, well, excitement versus terror? Oh, God. <laughs> what it's, was some of the thinking oh, that was going on in your head? It scared the shit out of me, to be honest with you. And <laughs> the reason... <laughs> so true. The reason is that... I was manifesting that fear and it was unsubstantiated. Mm -hmm. My teammates do a great job and I trust them implicitly. And I thought to myself, okay, if trust really matters, then you need to do this and get past your fear. (laughs) Everything's going to be okay. And the fear manifested primarily because I genuinely love being in the trenches with my teammates every single day. And I shared this with you previously I'm a workaholic. Yeah. That is a publicly accepted form of addiction. And I am an addict. Yeah. And so I, again, thought to myself, okay, it's there. I'm feeling it. And, you know, Dan Sullivan was very encouraging. He said, the only way to learn how to do a sabbatical is to go do one. <laughs> That's, That's the way you're going to learn how to do it. Very true. Learn my doing. So it sounds like you weren't really worried about your team. It was more worried no. about you and what you would do. Or what it would be like not to have that work environment around you and do your normal tasks. Yeah, because downtime can be very dangerous for me. Okay, tell me more about that. So dangerous because you get bored or restless or... Yeah. Well, we sometimes joke that entrepreneurs are really great firefighters. They're also really good arsonists. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're bored and they need a fire to put out so they go start one, right? I always say a bored entrepreneur is a very dangerous creature. I say that with love, but it's true. So I don't know if that was the path you were going down, but that's what it makes me think of. Yeah, Yeah. you're absolutely right. And I don't really know how to be with that much downtime. And so that's where I felt the danger, you know, having been, you know, workaholic for so many years and just being totally immersed. Like the businesses never escape you. Not with seven. No. So I think some people are going to, first of all, the distinction between being and doing, you're used to being so busy doing is called business is busyness for a reason, (laughs) right? It's not too far off. And that switch to being is actually very astute way of talking about it and thinking about it to my way of thinking. It's interesting. I'm sure some people are going to want to know at this point, did you deal with your other six businesses when you took a sabbatical from this one or was it from everything? I was shut off from everything. Everything. Cold turkey. Cold turkey. All right. So what kind of planning? I know some people are dying to know this. I am dying to know it. So as people are listening, I can almost hear the questions. <laughs> so what did you do to prepare? Did you use any coach tools? Did you sit down and go through some thinking like what could happen? What to do if this happens? What to do if that happens? What happens if I was joke about blood and fire? I'm not really joking. What would happen if the building burnt or something got hurt or whatever. Like, did you talk through those scenarios? What kind of thinking did you do with your team ahead of time? Yeah, I I met with my team members and I asked them to talk to me about processing their feelings about me going away on this sabbatical. I reinforced with them that I trust them implicitly and that they are really, truly empowered. And I know that they've demonstrated that through their performance and how they deal with things. But I reinforced that and I said, look, there would only be a few reasons why I would be contacted by anybody. What are those? Those would be if there was a nuclear event. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So, so that would be one. <laughs> and You'd probably be reaching out to them at that point, but okay, good. Yeah. And then something severe in terms of happening to a client or to a teammate. Got you. 
because I care about my teammates. I care about my clients. And the relationship related thing would qualify. Absolutely. Is, like if someone got hurt or you'd want to not be on radio silence while that happens. So that's, that's a 911. Like 100%. get in touch with me right away. And yeah. no matter where I am. And I said, you know what? The rest is up to you. And, and I told them, I said, the only thing that you cannot do <laughs> okay. is you can't fire me and you can't sell any of the businesses. <laughs> Those are good things to put in place, by the way. <laughs> so no, no involuntary termination and you cannot sell any of the companies. <laughs> Not like the Steve Jobs situation. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, I love it. So let, before we leave this, how did they feel about it? Because I know... This is one obstacle that I hear all the time, having coached team members for 26 years plus now, is every entrepreneur I know is afraid of what their team will think. I just coached on this an hour ago, you know, in a webinar. It's like, my team's going to resent it. And that's the fear, but it's never, ever been the reality. Your team's actually usually thrilled that you're going to go. And first of all, they're going to get to get their darn work done because you're not in their way. <laughs> and then second of all, they really like when we're rested, rejuvenated and happy versus cranky, tired, and cantankerous, you know, because yeah. we're no fun to work for then. Okay, so tell me more about your team. You said they were pleased. Oh, they were excited. They were happy for me. I felt that sincerely. I don't know how to micromanage. I never want to be good at it. It's all in the preparation. And when you prepare your team, when you prepare your players to go and get the job done and go get the win, then... If you're thinking you're going to do all the coaching while the game's underway, you've missed the whole point. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You've missed the whole point of preparation. And so I felt like my team was prepared to step onto the field and win. And so all I had to do was just kind of sneak out the back door. And when I turned around, if I tried to open it, it was locked. They closed it and locked it on your way out. Yeah, and then I had to get in my car and just drive away. And, you know, the game goes on, right? That must have been a funny day when you, like, a kind of a weird feeling. You're like, okay, I've, the door's locked after me. I'm driving away, and I'm not coming back for six weeks and three days. Oh, gosh, I'll tell you exactly what happened. I, I can remember it clear as day. So I was in my kitchen at home, yeah. and I just kind of leaned over the island, and I looked at my wife, Rebecca, and I said, oh, my God, did I did I do the right thing here? And she said, if you can't make it past three days, like I'm going to book travel and I'm going to get you the heck out of here Mm. because she being the closest person to me, she didn't think I was going to be able to do it. (laughs) She knew you were a workaholic. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, Oh my God, you're going to be driving me crazy by day three. She was just like, just a big ball of nervous energy. Like, (laughs) so I said, okay. Pressure is a privilege. So if I'm going to preach it, you better believe I'm going to walk that walk. And I just, I shifted my mindset in an instant. Pressure is a privilege. I'm prepared, I think. Yeah, you find out. (laughs) So I'm just going to take it one day at a time. Cool. Okay, tell us about your spell. Like, what did you do? What was fun? Did you travel? Because I actually think for people who have trouble, I would say having unstructured time at home, or at least local, like we actually coach people, take structured time away at the beginning. Like I actually told someone today on this webinar, I said, have someone kidnap you. If you're <laughs> terrible at taking, my husband kidnapped me once, was watched it twice, it was great. 
put quotes around kidnap here, but he just took me away and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Otherwise I just would have been working. <laughs> so have someone kidnap you and just take you and keep you busy. Cause we're not good at going from workaholics to being a couch potato. Right. That change of state is not going to happen. Right. So having time away being structured is really good. Then you can progress to having time away that is unstructured. Again, your way. I often tell people if they're new to this, to book a non-refundable airline ticket to somewhere in a very different time zone. Yeah. So it's a pain in the butt to communicate back to the office. Eventually you can work to being, you know, home structured. And then eventually the gold standard is home and unstructured. But yeah. there's a little bit of a process. I think you may have just jumped right into the deep end of that one. So, okay, what the heck did you do during your semester? Oh, so I had a chance to go to La Quinta, California, which I love to do each year. Coincidentally, at that time of year, when it's about 85,000 degrees Fahrenheit down there and you know, I enjoy the heat. Warmer than Edmonton? Yeah. Way warmer. And so a few great friends of mine and my brother-in-law, you know, we headed down, spent some quality time there and it was a lot of fun. You know, I got to relax. I really truly felt like I was replacing my batteries, as Dan would say. You know, don't take the sabbatical to recharge your batteries. Take the sabbatical to replace them. I had not heard that. This is just one sharp example of Dan's brilliance. So... He helped me to rethink my thinking about what it would be like when I got back. Yes. So during the sabbatical, spending time in California, spending quality time with my kids, you know, I never thought, honestly, that I would get as much enjoyment out of just taking my daughters for ice cream. Right. Just out of the blue. And then it turned into, because I wrapped around my daughter's fingers and my son too, but it turned into How many kids you have? four. Wow. Okay. And what are their ages right now? My son, our firstborn, he just turned 13 this year. And my oldest daughter, she's turning 12 in December and our twin daughters are nine. And uh, so ice cream turned into ice cream almost every day. (laughs) And I was, I was completely okay with that. But I tried to be present, you know, because I, I share with my wife, Rebecca, that, you know, that's a tough thing for me because of my upbringing. And, you know, my dad always working, my mom always being away. And so I, I didn't really know how to be. And so I just tried and, you know, she said, well, why don't you just talk to the kids about it? And so I was chatting with my kids. Hey, what would you like to do? A ton of bike rides, hanging out at little ponds and watching ducks and just a bunch of stuff that, okay, I think, you know, for people who are listening, they're going, wow, that's really not all that exciting. Like I thought you'd be bungee jumping, diving out of an airplane, you know, climbing a skyscraper. <laughs> like, no, I, I really just took time to, for those special moments to be with my children, to have quality date time with my beautiful wife, Rebecca. And I love to read, love to read. And so I took the time to really process what I was reading and to think about how things would be when I got back and to really rethink my thinking about my contribution to my teams, to my businesses. And so the time flew by, like it, it felt like it went by really quick. Oh my gosh. You're just reminding me of something, but before I even jump to that, so I'm normally traveling a lot and my eldest daughter, Charlotte, who's 18, her favorite year with me was last year because I was grounded. <laughs> Like I'm working on my Zoom, but I'm home more than I have been her entire life. 
And I was like, oh dear, I kind of feel like a yeah. bad mom, you know, and I didn't take a six week sabbatical, but it was like the fact that I could come down and see her at lunch or I could come down and see her after school or whatever. I was just around more. I think one of the things, and Dan has said this for a long time too, we think that they want quality time. What they really want is quantity time. Yeah. They want to hang out. Yeah. They want to watch ducks. They want to go for ice cream. They just want to chill. They don't want all that pressure. I'm like, okay, now you're my focus and let's have some quality time, kid. And they're like, oh, crap. no, thank you. And they'll hold you accountable. Oh, totally. They will. Especially if you're on they'll your phone. They'll hold you accountable. Especially if you're on your phone. I know. My daughter, Caitlin, one of my twin daughters, she is so amazing. She would be like, hey, dad, bike ride time. Let's go. You said you were going to go. Let's go. And poof. And I just, I kind of walk up to her. We do this thing, you know, we call it potato fries. So make you fist bump and then you. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fries. My husband. So, I was like potato fries and yeah, anyway, oh, she's God. cute and she's amazing and she held me accountable. And Kids are brilliant for keeping you accountable on free days. Oh God, <laughs> totally. And you know, I'll share this with you because this is so good. So when we started to have kids, Rebecca and I sat down and said, look, rather than have 28,000 rules and regulations, why don't we boil it down to three? Nice. What are your three rules for kids? Be respectful. Mm-hmm. Be responsible and be kind. Oh, nice. And so you can, most importantly, you can reinforce positive behavior by tying it back to any one of those three golden rules. And you can also address bad behavior by tying it back to those golden rules. The brilliance of children, because they have a much higher degree of neuroplasticity than adults do, is they will turn that back on you because I said, listen, to our kids as they were conceptual and they understood what we were talking about and we would repeat it over and over again. Our kids began to turn that back on us as well. And I said, I respect you for doing that because there are no exemptions from these three golden rules. It's not just about the kids. No, there's life rules. You got it. If I break those rules, I'm going to accept responsibility. I'll apologize. And if you accept my apology, we can move forward. And if you don't, then we can keep talking about it until you find it. Yeah. And so it serves us well. And that's how we went about it with our kids. I think that's a brilliant like bonus of this conversation. I love it. So cool. So you hung out with your kids. They held you accountable. Like, okay, dad, bike ride time. Let's go for more ice cream, all the good things. And one good coaching point is if you want to take a free day, tell your children, they will keep you off your phone. They will. They're like, mom, dad, you promised. You're like, oh crap, I can't. And whenever, you know, people from my team would check in just to say hi. Oh yeah, tell me about that. Oh God, yeah. So they would reach out and go, hey, just want to check in. You know, we miss you and we hope we're doing well. And just really kind words, you know, just to say, hey, we're okay, you know? The relationship, yeah. Uh, And so I would kind of reply back and sometimes I'd be like, "Um, oh, curious, you know, how did that webinar go with, you know, Sarblo and the team? And we'll let you know when you're back September 3rd. So nobody caved, right? Because, you know, it's just that kind of, oh, gosh, if I can just. I know, a little bit know, of food, a little yeah. bit of food for my brain. Nobody gave me anything. So this is cool. So I have to share a quick similar story. This was years ago. So the entrepreneur's name is Don. And I coached his team member, whose name was Tammy. And Tammy, so her entrepreneur was trying to take an entire week off, forget six, right? He wasn't quite that far along. So she got all the coaching from me and the team programs about, you know, what a free day was, 24 hours, midnight to midnight, no work, no work. And so she knew that he wouldn't make it past Wednesday. Mm. Kind of like Rebecca. 
So she arranged to have his phone call routed through to her. And she goes, everything's fine. Goodbye. And she hung up on him. Yeah. Good so for he, her. I heard this story not from her in her workshop with me, but from him. And he was laughing his rear end off. He's like, you would not believe what happened, everybody. I took a week of free days. I made it to Wednesday that I like had to call. And guess what Tammy did? She took my call. She goes, you know, hi, Don. Everything's fine. Goodbye. And she hung up on me. Isn't that great? <laughs> the whole room just died. So I, of course, tell the story. And then Tammy happens to be in the workshop. She goes, please remind people that we have a really good working relationship. <laughs> <laughs> before you encourage everyone to hang up on their entrepreneur. But that's kind of what your team did, right? And symbolically yeah. is they just were like, we're good. We'll let you know later. Yeah. Totally. Because what are you going to do about it? Seriously. Oh, man. I think looking back on it, about four weeks in is when feelings of being expendable started. To yes. Your nervous system had to shift and down level a little bit. The whole thing of replacing your batteries versus recharging them, brilliant. But then you were like, okay, if they can go this long without me. Am I needed? Now what? Yeah. Am I needed? What a good question. Yeah. I was sitting in my study at home and again, I can put myself back there. I can close my eyes and just put myself back there. I'm, I'm seated. I've got a book out in front of me. I'm taking notes from reading and it just hit me. I just sat up in my chair and I went, I'm in my study all alone. And I just asked the question. I verbalized it out loud. I'm like, am I, am I needed? Yeah. And so I talked to Rebecca about that. And she said, of course you are. And I'm not sure why that's coming up for you. And so when I got back from my sabbatical, I shared that openly, you know, with all of my teammates. And they not only welcomed me back with open arms, you know, people were doing drive-bys because I'm in my office here and people are doing drive-bys on Zoom, drive-bys in person. <laughs> it is so good to have you back. It is so good to have you back because, you know, I tried to feel the energy yeah. when I got yeah. back and it was almost like roaming the halls of businesses that you sold Ooh. and like you're wandering around just checking in on how everybody's doing. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to take it in for a couple of days and then I'm going to make a very positive statement that I'm back. Mm, nice. And that positive statement was what people told me afterward. They said, oh my God, that's exactly what I needed, you know, because I bring them in and I'd be like, okay, I'm feeling really excited about whatever it is that, you know, is coming up and that we're working on. Yeah. But I'm just not quite comfortable with the target that we set for it. Mm. So we're going to ratchet this puppy up a bit. And people were like, yeah, like, let's go, you know, like, this is what I needed. Thanks for being back, you know? And so I was making that statement, like, I'm back and it's time to put our foot on the gas pedal. Let's go. Uh -huh. And I had a billion ideas that came up for me during the sabbatical. Yeah. Dan forewarned me. He preempted me. He said, you are going to come back <laughs> with a phone book thick yeah. size notes of ideas that you have. And I shared with my team, I've got them. How do you want me to surface them? Right. Like, oh God, I cannot express to you how grateful I am for my teammates. Mm -hmm. Without them, that would of course not have been possible. No, but you set them up for success. You set them up not just from a capability standpoint, but from a mindset standpoint. Oh, yeah. There's one expression we have, which is totally appropriate now, which is you never know how good your team is 
until you leave. Ah, right. The corollary to that is your team never knows how good they are until you leave. Brilliant. Right? Your team figured out how flipping good they are. Yeah. But that just becomes the platform for the next jump, which is what you came in. So one of the things that Dan talks about is like, we're not in control, but we are in charge. Right. And in charge means you charge the place with electricity. You are the fuel source. I mean, you want your team members batteries included, don't get me wrong, but you're the one who actually brings the energy, brings the excitement. You charge, it's like you're the generator. (laughs) You're the one who brings that. But I was in the workshop just after you got back or maybe it was a 10X connection session or something, but you were like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) Um, And Dan has some brilliant, coaching for you, which you went back and enacted like immediately. So can you share that? Because I think it's such a cool strategic way of looking at things. Oh, absolutely. So uh, when I got back, you know, I was, my schedule was pretty much wide open. I told my teammates, I was like, you know, my plan to phase myself out is almost complete. And so I, when I got in session with Dan, you know, he said, hey, so how did it go? And I expressed my feeling to him, as you know. And he said, okay, look, here's what I need you to do. I need you to meet with your teams and I need you to express to them, hey, now that we've been through this sabbatical together, mm-hmm. so we've gone through this experience together, I want you to ask your team two questions and you'll probably be pleasantly surprised at how aligned their responses are with what you're already thinking. Mm. The first question is, who, looking ahead now to 2022 and beyond, who should I be spending my time with and how should I be spending my time going forward? And I, of course, during the sabbatical, as I mentioned, I was thinking about what are my contributions going to look like to the businesses going forward? And the responses that came back and I said to my teammates, I said, listen, this is going to take a while because I want to hear from each and every one of you. Nice. We went through it, captured all the notes from it, and the feedback was almost precisely what I was already thinking. So can you summarize what they said? Like, what's the bottom line who, like a type of person that they want you spending time, and who, what's the bottom line how? I'm very curious. They want me to spend time with the leaders on our team to continue developing and growing them. Nice. They wanted me to spend time with and developing key strategic relationships. That fascinates me and brings me energy. I love to establish strategic relationships. I think that's something ideally that I've coached this every week in the weekly planning call. I'm like, please, this is what your company needs you to be doing. If you're doing all the howling, this is where you're the who. Totally. Yes. Thank you for saying that. We need you to be speaking at more events and being out in front of the general public, being the face of the business and pushing out more content on this, you know, the Instagrammies and the YouTubes and the tweeters and all that sort of stuff. And so, Social media. Yeah. We got it. Yeah. And then in terms of, you know, how I should be spending my time, they want me to spend more of my time growing the business in the sense of working on it and not being so much in it. And I know that any entrepreneur with any degree of experience has heard that expression so many times, you know, been there, done that, got the t-shirt on that advice, but actually taking action and executing to it. Yeah. It's an entirely different matter altogether. So they were very clear with me because they said, look, much like you described, you know, we love the energy you bring and we love setting bigger goals. There's less competition for them. So we need you to 
continue to help us grow and develop. And that's what I love to do. I love coaching and developing people. (laughs) Which I actually think when people actually realize they're in the growing people business, not just the growing business business, it's a pretty profound shift actually. So how excited are you about your future now? Extremely. Yeah. Yeah. This is amazing. You're now freed up from all the stuff you didn't like doing and get to really spend all your time doing what's fascinating and motivating or what Dan would say is unique ability. Yeah. That's incredible. I have a question though. Are you planning any future sabbaticals? Yes. So really? Yeah. So next year, the entire month of July and the entire month of August, I will be away and I'll refer to it as a sabbatical. But I think what I'm going to do differently this time is I'm going to remind myself that it's okay to schedule myself because mm-hmm. I thought, oh gosh, I must be breaking some kind of cardinal sabbatical rule if I schedule anything. And I plan to spend more time. There are a few very important things that I want to get done as it relates to volunteering time, mm-hmm. to really immersing myself in a few causes that I believe in. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to do differently mm-hmm. next time around. I'm going to travel, certainly, but I'm going to bring some of my capability to you know, a pursuit that is going to bring me the same energy and fascinate me, but it's not business related where there's some kind of, you know, revenue benefit or the benefit for me is going to be imparting knowledge and just helping to serve other people, but I'm going to be intentional about it. I'm going to schedule it. Oh, that's so exciting because you get to expand your impact beyond just business. And I know you're huge in education, especially with the message from your mentor about, you know, essentially bypassing the banking system, which is super cool. So you have a lot to contribute plus whatever else you're passionate about and actually freeing up the time to make that. It's just so fulfilling to your purpose is what I'm trying to say. Like you get to be the biggest, most serving, impactful version of Jason that you could ever imagine because you've done this. And just cycling back to what we talked about at the beginning, what's it feel like to have a self-managing company? Oh gosh, it's a very peaceful, stress-free existence. Nice. <laughs> and I'd even say your company is self-multiplying if you're doubling. Oh yeah. Yeah. So sorry, I keep thinking a million more questions to ask you. But it's like, did your revenue go down when you're away? That's what No. Oh gosh, no. It blossomed. Like the business the business is did extremely well. So that's what everyone's afraid of. Yeah. Right? They're afraid that revenue is going to drop if you're not there. Now, this is also a bit of a blow to our egos. <laughs> when in fact, that's the opposite of what happens. Sometimes it goes up. And people have been finding this with free days forever in coach is that, oh, actually, the revenue went up when I wasn't there. So apparently I was in the way, which is kind of funny. But again, if we can make the differentiation between there's how we feel or afraid of that's kind of our ego talking a little bit, Yeah. which by the way, egos are useful. So don't get me wrong. But when you go back to your purpose, your unique ability, what you find fascinating and motivating, what your impact is, that's your creative contribution to the world. Just not the kind of more statusy way of people kind of used to thinking about things. I don't know. Can you just speak to that a little bit? Because you do actually have to be willing to put something aside when you are pursuing things this way. You, if you need to be needed for doing the how this strategy probably will not resonate at all. Absolutely. And I would say that to any entrepreneur with an established business, if you are uncertain or if you simply do not know whether or not your team can carry on without you being there, well, how soon do you want to find out? Like, how much longer do you want to delay not knowing that? Right. So it's all about 
really everything begins with the way that we think. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is that most people would rather die than think. Mm-hmm. So true. That's the truth. Yeah. And so when you are immersed in your business and you feel like you're not expendable, you've got a bigger problem than you're even aware of. And that's probably when you most need to get the heck out of there for a little bit. Completely. It's when you feel like you can't is when you need to. Right. Because you're fried. You're toast. Totally. You're done. And I promise you, I promise you, your team will love you for it. Because the four C's for us is, yeah. oh my gosh, that's, that is like, that's the building blocks for growth in our business. So let me just mention what they are in case anyone's not familiar. So the first C, well, some people would like to add clarity (laughs) as a previous C, but really making a commitment, making a clear commitment to what you want. So you did it for six weeks and three days sabbatical ending September 3rd of this year, right? But then as soon as you make that decision, you're in the courage phase, which feels by the way, crappy. It's actually good calling that feeling a word like courage because otherwise you're like, why am I causing myself pain? But out of that, if you can train your nervous system to be able to withstand that feeling, because you're actually on the way to something, you just scared yourself essentially, which is not the worst thing in life. And then out of that, you'd actually develop the capabilities. A little nuance to this is the more 100% your commitment, the shorter the period of courage. Yeah. Half commitment, long courage. Long courage is hard. And what happens to your confidence level? Bam. Yeah. So if you want short courage... (laughs) which I'm a fan of, full commitment, like cliff diving in Acapulco or something. You know, it's like you want to get that courage quickly. So then you get the courage. That develops the capabilities because you don't have them. That's why you're scared. But that you develop the capabilities fast. Like you changed your mindset on the counter talking to Rebecca. Bam. Like pressure is a privilege. Great line. And then out of that, then when you have the capabilities, then you have the confidence. Then you make a new level of commitment, and then you scare yourself all over again, right? So that's the four C's if anyone's not familiar with that process, but you live by that approach, which is amazing. Oh yeah. You know, part of our painted picture vision. So we get together as a team. This was influenced by Brian who founded 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Yes. So I read the book, Willing to Fail on a trip to New York City in July of 2019. I put the book down and Rebecca was seated right next to me on the flight. And I leaned over to Rebecca and I said, I just read this amazing book. And she said, oh, that's great. And I said, I'm going to meet Brian someday. I don't know how, but I know it's going to happen. Really? So with Dan's invite to come to the annual Genius Network event, guess who was the speaker at the event? No. I'm not kidding you. That's so cool. I am not kidding you. That is so cool. I don't know if anybody's going to be able to see this episode, if it's actually going to be available on video. They package a lot of them on Genius Network, so hopefully. What I will say is that our vision on our website, so if you visit ascendantfinancial.ca and you just click on our vision, I'm just going to share my screen here. i got to show this to you. So take a look at this. You see this picture? I sure. Oh, yes, I do. So that's Brian and I at the Genius event. And so I shared with Brian how his book inspired me, in particular, the painted picture vision. So you get together with your team and you create a word picture. Yes. So you take yourself into the future. We decided to go three years, right? And we said, okay, we're sitting down. It's three years from today and we're looking backward. Let's create a word picture of exactly what happened 
The R factor question. I love that. And so, yeah. If you look inside this painted picture vision, so Shannon, you know now yeah. the story. And if you were to read this, you're going to say, oh my God, all of this has materialized. And so we set about making it real. That, to me, is what really kept our team so committed because of how confident and capable they are. And That's amazing. And you're so definite with your purpose. Big time. And Cameron Harold wrote a book called The Vivid Vision. He was also yeah. a co-founder of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. So yeah. that's amazing. That yeah, that's very cool that you met him. I'll never forget leaving on this sabbatical. And I purposefully reached out to each one of my leaders. And I said, listen, I'll keep this short because I've got to go. <laughs> but I want you to know that I care about you. I trust you implicitly. Mm. And I really believe in you. Mm. go and make your teammates proud. I'll see you in six weeks and three days. Fair enough. <laughs> oh my gosh, that gives me goosebumps. And it's interesting because the message that you gave them, it's going to lift them up. Yeah. Like make your teammates proud. I believe in you. I mean, frankly, all of us need that message in our life. You know, that message from one person can totally change the trajectory of someone's life. We just need one person to believe in us. And then, I was talking to my friend Evan today, we attract more people like that. Yeah. Right? And you gave that message to every single one of your leaders. and Every single one. They did you and their team proud. What the leaders didn't know at the time is that I spoke to all their teammates. And I said, listen, your leader might be experiencing some strange feelings while I'm away. <laughs> yeah. Would you be kind enough to have their back and you got it. You got it. Like we're, yeah, we're a team and you know, you're, you're hearing all the things that just, you're like, Oh man, I just don't want to be here with my team. You know, I want to help them out and take the hill and all that. Right. But I just said, Hey, would you mind just, you know, and cut them a little slack too. If there's any moments of stress or any moments of pressure, yeah. would you mind having their back? Oh yeah, for sure. And so You took care of both. Yeah. You know, I didn't pull people together in huddles and and express that. I was intentional in connecting with every single team member. Cool. How many total team members and team leaders do you have, all told? Oh, my God. You put me on the spot there. Roughly, like bigger than a bread box? All in all, uh, team members, 50 plus. And then in terms of leaders, our leadership team, all businesses combined would be 12 strong. Yep. We have some leadership roles that aren't yet filled mm-hmm. that are going to form a part of our next painted picture vision. Right. And our businesses are going to grow. And when I came back and shared with our team as it relates to Ascendant, I said, you know, I asked myself the question, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not build a billion dollar business? Why not? Love that question. And I couldn't come up with a reason why not. (laughs) Well, let's do it. So I just said to everybody, hope you're sitting down. (laughs) They're going to be like, what the heck is he going to come back with next summer? (laughs) So you have to set bigger goals because there's less competition for them. And what you need to do in business is for heaven's sakes, stop worrying, stop envying, stop focusing on what your competitors are doing. If you understand what the customers you have and the customers you want to have truly value, Mm -hmm. and that aligns with what you value, 
your uniqueness will shine in the marketplace because that is where your focus is, is on bringing that to the market. Serve the people that you have now and that you want to have, deliver what they truly value, and look at opportunities to collaborate versus thinking competitively. Dan shifted my thinking a few years ago when he said, Jason, and he expressed this to the whole 10X Ambition Group, when you begin to think collaboratively versus thinking competitively, then collaboration opportunities begin to appear everywhere. And I can tell you that Dan, much like he always is, was absolutely correct. And who not how, my God, I could go on about that for a whole week. That changed everything, (laughs) everything. Because it's not just about the entrepreneur who goes there, who thinks, oh, okay, great. I got this new initiative, this new idea. How are we going to set about getting it done? Your teammates are thinking that way too. Right. And so if you are finding yourself in that and you've even read who, not how, for heaven's sakes, you've got to make that real, but it's not just about the entrepreneur making it real. You've got to bring that to your team. Mm. You've got to get your team in that train of thought. And the who's, the right who's may already be there on your team. They're just doing things that are energy draining and they find crappy that some other who's going to find fascinating. So part of our painted picture vision is to weave strategic coach into our companies. That's not a platitude. We didn't just say that and say, gosh, hey, great. Now that we've got that on paper, let's hope it happens. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. This is part of your strategy. Oh, yeah. This is part of our strategy. We have team members that attend, you know, different strategic coach programs, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I love it. Well, that's our mission. Our mission is to, like, hopefully dramatically expand entrepreneur success, freedom, and happiness. That is what Strategic Coach is all about. So the fact that you're integrating it in and making it so not only for you, but also for your team is like, yay, we're so excited. And that's what's for. The point of our thinking tools and our concepts and all the things is so the entire organization can function that way and that you can take six plus weeks off, right? And do that confidently. And your team is confident doing that. At this point, they're going to take on the world. Yeah. Is they went through the four C's as well, which is super interesting and super cool. Oh my gosh, Jason, this has been the best conversation. I could not wait. You've shared so much wisdom. I've written down a ton of things like, well, even the book recommendation, because I'm a huge reader too, Willing to Fail by Brian Scudamore. Is yeah. that how you say his yeah. last name? Okay. Most people would rather die than think. Great quote. Pressure is a privilege is another great takeaway. I love your Jasonisms. Even your term rethink my thinking is a very cool way to describe that. You're actually your rules that you've raised your kids with ground rules, which is be respectful, be responsible and be kind, which those are amazing rules for life. And I think also just in terms of your actual tangible results that you have doubled each of the last two years and for this year, including this year, and for this year, you weren't there for part of it. That's right. You know, so anyone who's thinking, oh, if I'm not there, my company's going to do worse or I can't take time off, you just blew up that mindset. So yeah, I'm hoping people are having like little brain flashes as you're talking, but I cannot thank you enough for sharing your experience. And I just want to congratulate you and your team for being so self-managing and frankly, self-multiplying, because that's the other ideal part of this. And I just think you're a really strategic, wise human being. 
And I just really appreciate you sharing all of this with us. Well, I'm honestly, I'm humbled and extremely grateful. And if we can inspire even just one more entrepreneur to embrace taking time away, Mm -hmm. then mission accomplished. I love Strategic Coach. Can't express enough gratitude. Honestly, I can't really articulate it other than to say that when you really truly weave it into your organization, the tools, you, you know, take full advantage of the time that you have with great people like yourself, your teammates. Wow. Great things happen. Yeah. I think that kind of, I've been reading and listening to Napoleon Hill's interviews with Andrew Carnegie and having that positive mental attitude and just kicking fear to the door is so powerful and you'll get there way faster and easier than people who listen to that. Oh, you know God. what I mean? So I just love it. So if anyone wants to kind of learn more about your company, because your vision's on there on your website, I think yeah. it's ascendantfinancial.ca. Yeah. And then list your other one as well. Canadapreppinship.com. And the third would be easyfda, easyfda.com. Those are our three primary in our group of companies that we talked about today. We'll book another episode and talk about the rest. <laughs> yeah, well, it's fun because they're, they're very disparate, but they're all based on solving a problem and making results faster, easier, cheaper, and bigger for things that you run into. And then you just have the mindset to go and solve that problem, which for yourself and then for other people. So I cannot wait to see in a couple of years, how many more companies you have. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be very fun, Jason. I love it. Again, thank you for being so generous with your time, which you very much are. I appreciate that you have it because if you were a super busy entrepreneur not having done this, we wouldn't be able to have this conversation. So it's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just love hanging out. Appreciate having me. My pleasure. 